You know, before we uh, get seated, I think that's one of the most, well, it is, I don't think, it is the most powerful thing you can do is give your life to Christ. And I'm going to tell you, once that name is written in the eternal book of life, heaven is secure. The question was, or is really, if it's just about that, though, why don't we just go straight to heaven? Because we got work to do. We give our life to Christ. We're a new creation. And if you really want to understand it, the reason why we have to be born again, because we're born into sin. Our heart isn't right. And that's because of what happened in the book of Genesis. You know, the first murder, you know, Cain and Abel. There's been murder since then. And it's not going to go away anytime soon. But the church does have to rise up. We do have to get bold and courageous. That's why tonight, part two is, are you ready? Last week, it was really just about why we need to learn how to pray. Why we became fierce in our spirit. And I get so passionate because I'm going to be honest with you. I was raised in a great Christian family. An amazing Christian family. But no one ever explained to me the power of prayer. And I'm not being disrespectful, but I will be honest with you. I looked at my Christian faith. Now, looking back then, two parents that loved Jesus, 32 years of marriage, and the enemy came in causing divorce. My dad, you know, Vietnam vet, PTSD, all sorts of stuff before they knew what that kind of stuff was. No one ever sat down and came in with power to pray for my dad. There was no book of miracles. I know the devil came in to wreak havoc in my life. And I refuse. If I'm going to ever lead a church one day, I said to the Lord, if I pray, if I get up and preach on prayer, we're going to rip the roof off. And I refuse. I refuse. Honestly. It might make some of you uncomfortable. And that's okay with me. We're on assignment and on a mission to disciple, not make you feel comfortable. Because we got to raise up a generation. When the enemy comes in like the flood, the Lord raises a standard against it. I'm going to tell you something. Right now, and as much as my heart is breaking for those families, I got three little kids. I'm going to war in my spirit. I'm going to pray. There's no way we're going to let the devil come up in this house, in this state, in the city that we love without coming against somebody. It says we're going to advance the kingdom. We're going to push back the gates of hell. We're going to knock those gates down. How do you do it? You do it in prayer. We got to get nasty. Some of us have been like these little Christians that are afraid to get dirty. I was raised, and I want to say it because I'm going to say it, really a Christian eunuch. It is real. And I meet more Christians that got no fire in their soul. And for a savior that died for every one of us, for us to sit back and whine and cry and complain and not pick up the full armor of God and put on the full armor of God and get ready for a spiritual battle. There's reason why God sent a crazy Aussie and his wife. Because I needed somebody a little radical to shake me up. 
And I'm going to tell you when they came. The first six months, I thought they were crazy. I was crying, but I knew something felt right. And I wanted what they had because I saw a man with passion. I saw a man getting in the dirt and not afraid of your sin, not afraid of my sin. He didn't judge me. He didn't rebuke me. He held my hand and walked me through the valley of the shadow of death. And I learned to fear no evil because I would stand before going, man, I'm not really sure this Christian thing is for me because I looked at people around me and then I saw what happened to my family and then I witnessed a whole bunch of other church stuff. But when I met a pastor that wasn't afraid to go into the world and I would bring people they give their life to Jesus because something felt right. They'd be out in the lobby and then they'd be just like, Dr. Matt, that was so, and they drop a couple bombs. <laughs> Pastor Jurgen never flinched once. He'd just be like, oh, right on, man, love you. Right on, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, this is where, the, this is where it begins. And I watched my friends that let go of that stuff, that let that stuff go, that stepped out of the world, that stepped out of the things they shouldn't have been doing. And I've watched them healed, restored, leading ministry, doing the work of the kingdom. It doesn't matter where you've been, but it does matter where you're going. You know, during worship, Pastor Lance, I saw, I looked over and I just saw, it was like angels surrounding you. Man doesn't define you. And I saw you unzipping who you were stepping out of that and coming out fierce in a spirit. I looked over at you and I was like, whoa, that's how God sees you. Unzipping an old you, stepping out into a new you, ripped in the spirit to know your authority, your kingdom mantle, to lead, to teach, to unlock people, to get people set free, delivered, and healed in the name of Jesus. But the enemy wants you zipped up into the same you, and God's saying, no, I put warring angels around you and behind you so you can stand there and unzip an old you to step into a new you because I've called you to step out to be bold and courageous. Don't let the world or man define you because I have called you into a new day, into a new thing to be fierce and you are weaponized for the kingdom to do the work of heaven here on earth. God, may you bless Lance. I thank you that he's in this house. I thank you for the call and the ministry on his life. I thank you who you've called him to be to step into greatness and to that new season for a new day in Jesus name amen thank you Lord thank you Lord come on all right I'm just waiting this couple right here white sweater yep you too cute lovers yep you look like a fashion model both of you I hope you're married yes you are see the ring Listen, I felt during worship, I turned around and I saw, I saw a heart of worship. And I see a mantle for young people 
and a passion on the inside of you, I see a blessing where the enemy has tried to suppress you, try to suppress your family. I see you stepping out into a bold arena, not only ministry, not only business, but it's a king and a priest anointing both of you. There's a gift on your life and whatever the enemy's been trying to whisper, there's gonna be a righteous anger to tell that enemy to back off your family, to back off your kids, to back off this. And I literally see the spirit of the Lord going before you, directing your steps into things you may have not seen yourself say in the past. You're speaking it and it's like, it's, it's like the Red Sea is parting and you're stepping into this new thing, but there's a blessing on it, anointing. I see that there is a, a leadership anointing. God has called you to lead some things and lead some friends. I see you leading, I, I see an army following you because of the mantle God has placed on you and where someone has told you to be silent, God is saying, use your voice. People are gonna respect what you say and you have something to say because the Lord's giving you something to say. He's gonna put something in your mouth. You will be not only preaching from this platform, but in business, a platform. I see on two platforms, not only influence in the church, but in the world, but it's the same voice. It's the voice of the Lord. He has given you a place to pierce the darkness, to set the captives free, and people are gonna come back to life that were chasing maybe money or chasing fame or chasing this or chasing that, but they're gonna get in alignment because of what God has given you to speak. Now is the time to be bold and say what the Lord has said in the name of Jesus. Come on. All right, you can be seated. I'm gonna teach quick in part fast, and I'm gonna tell you something. See, growing up in a church, amazing family, I came to this church and the stark difference was everything, but the spirit of the Lord felt right. And I could tell you when I came here, good little covenant slash Presbyterian, old school Baptist, I was all of it. The minute that Pastor Jurgen would start praying in tongues at these prayer meetings, I was like, oh, <laughs> And, I, and my mom would always call me and be like, how was church? This is before the church. How was the prayer meeting? And I would never tell her that part. I mean, y'all, it's powerful. Awkwardly powerful. And I would just be wondering how Pastor Jurgen would read my mail. If you don't know what that term means, it means he was like in my world, but he's never asked. He knew things about me that no one could tell him. So I'd be talking, mom, have you been talking to Pastor Jurgen? No, I've never talked to him in my life. I don't even know him. Okay, who knows him in my family? Like I didn't understand that he was getting these words of knowledge. Wow. He was getting discernment. He was seeing things in my life, in my past, and where I was going in my future, and he prophesied. What is that? No one ever taught me that. See, I had the whole, you know, God the Father thing. I had it down. Jesus, down. Holy Spirit was like mini me. <laughs> I look now so disrespectful. It was like I had two of the figure of the Trinity, but no one ever taught me on the power of the Holy Spirit. No one ever gave me the revelation. It was like, the Holy Spirit, we're going to right over here. And so growing up in that, you just don't know. I'd be like, okay, Old Testament God, I got it, you know, obedience, Ten Commandments. 
What do we think is going to happen if we start taking godly morals out of school, out of our government, taking the Ten Commandments out of the courthouses where they used to hang, that judges used to put their hand on the Bible, and now they're taking that out of there. They would swear on the word of God. It's amazing how we start stripping the moral compass of America. And what do we expect is going to happen? Peace. What's amazing is that when I came to this church and then my mom came to visit, I'll never forget, she was crying the entire service. And then we driving home and she goes, oh my God, just don't ever tell your grandpa. (laughs) Tell my grandpa what? They were praying in tongues. I don't know what he'd do. But let me tell you something. By the time my grandpa was on his later days about to pass away, he's the oldest minister in the history of California, literally, to be in Folsom Prison. He's the only man they ever let go in the deep part of it. He would be in the, where they were gonna death row inmates. They were the oldest one, probably because he was 80 years old, and they figured if he died, oh well. But he would be ministering to those people. And on his deathbed, he said, listen, don't let this man's old theology keep you out of God's destiny for your life. I know you're in the right place. There's a calling. You're going to preach the gospel. This is well before I even thought about it. Let me tell you something. The enemy will do whatever he can to distract you. He'll do whatever he can to take you out. You getting filled with the Holy Spirit is one of the most, it's salvation and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you, we want to know why this church operates, why people from around the world send in prayer requests, why people from around the world send in these things, because there is a, 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 the Holy Spirit is operating alive and well up in this house. And I'm going to give it to you. This is the book I talked about. If you want to get my notes, it's 55525, Dr. Matt's Prayers. Is that what it is? Dr. Matt Prayer. Something like that. It's not notes. Yes, Dr. Matt Prayer. So get those notes, download it. First half is on prayer. The second half is on the Holy Spirit. These are the notes right here. This is for you to go home. This is the book I talked about. My friend, the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that couldn't get it, I just ordered 50 copies. But I want to tell you, this is something I want to read to you really quick. The exact, who exactly is the Spirit of God? He is the part of the Trinity. Three separate persons complete the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, I was never taught on the Holy Spirit. Many churches don't know how to teach on the Holy Spirit, so it's more comfortable. What happens when you start praying or prophesying? Well, you don't know what's going to happen. What happens if someone starts manifesting? What happens if someone starts crying out? What happens if you start unlocking the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Well, guess what? You, we don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. But see, that's not our job. Our job is to unlock the Holy Spirit so he can minister to every one of you. Like Pastor Jesse was saying, after Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you with someone with even more power. That's going to be your helpmate not just your spouse, which sometimes I wonder if this is Holy Spirit Jr., conviction. But it's amazing how tight Christians get when we start talking on the power of the Holy Spirit. We start to get nervous in our spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit's a helpmate. 
Not only did the Holy Spirit create the heavens and the earth, but also creates and gives life. In, Je- in Job 33, 4, the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The book of Acts is the book of action. We should be in the book of Acts right now. It's the only book without an amen at the end or a period because we're living in the book of Acts. But it's amazing how we can just roll over some of the verses. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? It says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go there. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, it's amazing that uh, Pastor Jurgen once said something, I've never forgot it. If you look at a dove, there's nine pin feathers on each wing. A lot of the church, I was growing up, man, we would memorize the fruit of the spirit. We'd memorize the fruit and I'd be like, okay, peace, love, faithfulness. But what about the Holy Spirit? What about his gifts of the Spirit? I knew the fruit of the Spirit, but how do we be empowered to walk in the fruit of the Spirit? When you're mad at somebody, how are you gonna show them love? Guess what, how many need a little Holy Spirit in their life if those of you are filled with it know what I'm talking about? I need to pray for myself most days on Instagram. And then my wife will look at me, I'm like, why do you do that? I know, I need to pray to the Holy Spirit. Because I need some gifts, which are free gifts. See, the fruit is you working out. The gift is a free gift, and it's amazing how most of the American churches don't even want to receive that gift. Tonight, when I say, hey, who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? You want to give the Holy Spirit permission to work in your life. God's a gentleman. We get saved. We invite Christ in our life. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you activate the Holy Spirit? Say, I want to be activated. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Talks about being baptized in water is one thing. Go down one way, you come up a new creation. We're baptized in water. But to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we yield to the Spirit. We say, God, I need you. Give me strength. Give me power. And then guess what? You receive that free gift. When you receive that free gift, guess what? Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gift of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, Tongues and interpretations of tongues are all from the Holy Spirit. It's amazing there's nine gifts and nine fruit. It's amazing. I grew up a one-winged flapper, fruity. (laughs) Wasn't until I came to this church and in full hesitation, I had a lot of religiosity up in my head. It was amazing I could be dating someone that didn't come and raised up in the church. She could walk into church with no theology, fully received baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. I was so annoyed. I was so not practicing that spirit of joy because I was so ticked. How could this girl that's never been in church, doesn't even know half the stories? Get baptized in the Holy Spirit, start operating in gifts, getting discernment, while I was here stuck in religion. I was stuck in religiosity. I was frozen chosen. I was the frozen chosen. And I, was so, I would cry out to the Lord. I was prayed for over and over and over and over again. And I was right here, stuck in six inches of hell. But I love Jesus. 
but I had no power. It wasn't until I encountered and I saw what power, I saw a person get healed. I saw a person get delivered. It was amazing because, you know, then I'm thinking to myself, well, how am I gonna operate in that? Maybe I'm a chiropractor, I got the gift of healing. No, no, you have all the gifts when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not like you're on the side of the road, someone passes out, you're like, oh, I only have the gift of prophecy, not the gift of healing. Man, I'm so sorry, so sorry. Lord, send someone with the gift of healing. Gift of healing, gift of healing. Anyone, gift of healing? John, gift of healing. No, your prophecy too. Man, we're hosed. No, you have all nine gifts. You just might operate and strengthen one or more in the beginning. You'll have a strong suit. Let me tell you something. It wasn't until I started praying in tongues every single day that I started getting prophetic words. I would get discernment. I would walk in rooms and I would sense a Jezebel spirit. I could walk in a room and start, God would start highlighting people, start warning me about things. I'm going to tell you that when I started operating these gifts, I realized, oh my gosh, we can unlock people. Those are keys. Okay, I see that over that person. They have the gift of prophecy. Oh my gosh, they have the gift of healing. Hey, we got to stir it up. We got to stir it. And it's amazing how many Christians would be afraid to even listen or incline their ear to hear because the enemy comes to cloud your mind to get you stuck in religion. See, where there's religion, there's no power. There's a lot of churches that love Jesus with no power. Some of those songs they can't even sing because it'd be incongruent with who they be. Now, I'm not judging those churches, but guess what? If you want to know what's the watered-down American church and why we got some problems, we've lost some power. You go to a third-world country, those churches, they're operating in some power. They can't not. They know there's witchcraft. They know there's black magic. We are very comfortable. I'm going to tell you, we went to our Baja missions yesterday. Took our exec team and some pastors. I was a mess all day. I was a mess all day. These little kids that have never had parents. There was one little girl that was looking after her brother that her parents were dismantled. And they were left in a home by themselves for a week. And they were so hungry, she finally came outside for food and a neighbor found them, brought them to our orphanage. She's traumatized, but she's a little girl with joy, loves Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking to myself, man, there's so much more we could do. Got to learn how to operate from a place of healing. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Listen, once we're saved, we got to understand what our mission is how we need to operate. You know why we have men's prayer? Out of an insecurity. I didn't know how to operate in the gifts. So once I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I started to see things come alive. I'm like, then what do you do? Well, that's what it is. We came to training ground. Started a men's prayer meeting. We're gonna prophesy. We're gonna lay hands on one another. We're gonna try to get after it and learn and strengthen the gifts. And when the enemy comes in to steal that, we're gonna put the enemy in his rightful place. What happens is when you start to operate in the gifts, you feel power come up on the inside of you, clear your mind. Praying in tongues is one of the first gifts. I think it's, to me, one of the most important gifts because it exercises your faith. One of the one things I love in this book, I'm going to read it to you. It says, one of my favorite ways of understanding the Trinity and how it functions is thinking of it in terms of the Son. God the Father is like the actual Son. The sun, Jesus, is like the rays of the sun, and the Holy Spirit is like the warmth you feel on your arm, but they are all the sun. 
It was the greatest understanding of understanding the Trinity and how the Holy Spirit works. See, as we pray up on the inside of us, we build up that inner man or that inner woman. The spirit groans as we cry out, as we pray. See, your mind is unfruitful. It was amazing. I used to try to pray, and I'd pray for like a minute, two minutes, then I was thinking about what I wanted for lunch. I'd go through my list. I'd try to concentrate myself. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, so many of my friends need prayer. And I'd suddenly start thinking about this nice car over here. I was thinking of random things. But see, when you're praying in tongues, you start to build up something on the inside of you. I would pray in my car, and then all of a sudden, I'd start seeing people I needed to pray for. I'd be, my mind was unfruitful, but all of a sudden, the Lord would speak to me. He'd give me a word of knowledge for someone. He'd start putting highlight. I would call that person. See, this morning, I had the same thing. I was praying for somebody. We had a meeting. I was praying for them, and then we sat down because it was all business. I go, I know we're not here for business. Let's get right to it. He goes, I think my wife and I are going to end up divorced. But that was all coming from a word of knowledge. I was able to speak to him, minister him, everything. God would show me things, speak directly into his life. But that's just not because I'm a pastor. It's for every single one of us. Matthew 10, 8 says, you will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons freely you have received, freely you give. Acts 3, 1 and Acts 3, 6, one of my favorite stories. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. See, what happens is when you understand who you are, filled with the Holy Spirit, you will operate as a different type of Christian. What does being baptized in the Holy Spirit look like? I love it. Mark 16, 17 through 18, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly and by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. In 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says, for I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. See, what happens is the enemy comes in to plant doubt in your mind. My question is, and take real inventory, because there's no judgment here. Words of wisdom, how are you doing on a scale of one to 10? Words of knowledge, your prophetic gift, your gift of faith, your gift of healing. See, I'll go to seminars. I'll pay a lot of money to get coached in business. These are all material, earthly, worldly things, and yet God is trying to get me a gift. How am I developing my gifts? If you knew what the gifts could do for you, what would you be doing? It's amazing. I'll get like, oh, Dr. Matt, he's kind of cocky. No, I'm very confident. I call it confidence because I've been prayed up for two days. So I'll walk into a meeting. God's already given me discernment. When God gave me the word of knowledge about my house, I was very confident with my banker who he's been doing it 30 years, he should have been more confident than me. Why was I giving him wisdom on how to do it, how to write it up? Because God was giving me step by step. But what happens is the world influences us and we could either be part of the world because we are born into it, but once you're born again and you have a new heart, you're a new creation, my expectation is let's start thinking different. Hence, take every thought captive because your old thoughts are trying to creep back in. The enemy's trying to put doubt in your mind, trying to get you to stay at that job so you settle. But the Lord's trying to get you into something new. He's trying to nudge you. He's trying to encourage you. He's trying to bless you. He's put people in your life to disciple you. But why are you saying no? Because you got some old stinking thinking that needs to be done with and cut off at the root. 
And when you get a new creation and you renew your mind and you take old thoughts captive and submit them to the Lord and you start praying in tongues, you get rid of insecurities. But what happens is when we let the world or the old you and insecurities that are louder than what God is trying to say, I'm saying, then how often are you praying in tongues? Because if you're praying in tongues, your mind will enclave and lean towards the spirit and God will give you a word. And what happens is it isn't hocus pocus, it's Bible. The problem is we're not into it as much as we should. If we need to renew our mind every moment, do it until you get some new thinking. Because programs run deep. Neurologically, it's like this. If you ride a mountain bike every single day down a trail, you're going to cut a rut into it. And it gets easier and easier. But that rut can get you off track and keep you in an old trail. If you're trying to break out of that trail, you got to force yourself to a new way of riding. And then eventually you'll cut a new way. Neurologically, we're programmed the same way. The more we think negative, the more that would just be our default. And it gets easier to go negative, easier to go weak, easier to go this, and not incline our ear to hear what the Lord is trying to say. But the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. Why should we speak in tongues? Well, I've said it before, but I'm going to tell you in Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. First Corinthians 14, 14, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Who needs to be edified? Why do we need to look for outside edification when we could just be praying in tongues and it'll edify the spirit because the Lord wants to speak to you and through you to strengthen you. If you're feeling insecure, edify your own spirit. If you're feeling weak, if you're feeling stressed, edify your spirit, start praying in tongues. Every time I'm frustrated, I'm praying in tongues. My wife's saying, what are you saying under your breath? Nothing, I'm talking to God. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Praying in tongues is direct communication with the spirit. In Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 1 Corinthians 14, 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. Yet someone will come up to me and say, you need an interpreter. I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) If I brought someone up here and they were praying in tongues, it would need an interpretation of the spirit, which is one of the fruit of the spirit or the gift of the spirit. But that's not what I'm doing. If I'm praying in tongues, I'm uttering between me and God, and it's none of your business. And it's amazing how when someone will say that, I always know it's a religious spirit that I'm poking. I want to tell you, don't let someone else's theology shut your blessing down. Yeah, I had someone say, well, why are you telling them to go read the book? Just read the Bible. Well, there's a lot of great references. Always read the Bible. Yeah. 
but all the scripture are put in a great way to help you lead through it. I love some of the chapter titles that I just want to read them to you, and then I'm going to pray for people. Number one is your friend, the Holy Spirit. Number two, who is the Holy Spirit? Number three, necessity for the baptism of the Spirit. Introduction of each gift, breaking them down and how they operate. Facts about the gifts. Ministry gifts versus spiritual gifts. Function of the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, gift of prophecy, gift of discerning of spirits, gift of various of tongues, gift of interpretation of tongues, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, moving in the gifts of the Spirit, hearing the voice of God, and a challenge for yourself in there. What I love about it is most Christians might know a fraction, but to me, it's the greatest weapon. Get yourself fully equipped with all the weapons. Not a little weapon. All of the weapons. And when the enemy comes knocking at your door and you answer, the enemy will flee like a coward because he is a coward. He's already been defeated. But the problem is, if you look why stats in the house of God and outside the house of God in America, they're pretty much the same. Divorce in the world, in the church, the same. To me, it's embarrassing. Listen, and I'm not... Whenever a tragedy strikes our nation, you feel a sense of heaviness. But when you feel that spirit of oppression come over the, the city, the land, the country that we love, it should trigger that spirit in the, inside of you to rise up, to start praying in tongues. And I promise you, five minutes, you won't feel the same. That spirit of oppression will leave. You renew your spirit, you'll watch joy come back. It's amazing, before I go into a meeting, I start praying. And no matter how hurt my heart is, no matter how down I feel, I feel joy and peace start to spring up on the inside of me. If you've been tormented, it just tells me you're not flexing that muscle. Tonight, I want everyone to stand up. We're just gonna, I'm gonna pray for everybody, then I'm gonna open the altar. If you've never authentically asked, or maybe you asked like me for six months and you never got it. Let's just let the Lord get out of your mind and into your heart. I want to be the church that we disciple well, we lead well, we help usher in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to be afraid of. I love when people, we talk about the Holy Spirit, suddenly people get real serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I was thinking about it I watch most people when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they start giggling. The Bible says where the Spirit is, there is life, and life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. How many buzzkill Christians do you know? Let's just not be one of them. I mean, I look, I'm like, I don't wanna endure church, I wanna come to church and feel life come on the inside of me. You know, and don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit takes over your body and you start talking gibberish. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's amazing how they will skew some of the things. The enemy will do whatever he can to make sure you don't walk in your full authority. Just close your eyes and bow your head. I'm gonna pray for us. 
you want the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to say it. And then I'm going to give you a moment to start praying in tongues. It's between you and the Father. And then you'll know during the book of miracles when we say, hey, start praying out or Pastor Samuel gets up and we're doing corporate prayer. Your job is to go straight into tongues and stir up the jet engine. It says when they were in the upper room, there was tongues of fire. Like the Holy Spirit came in like a wind and lit a fire in the room. That's how this place should change. When we go into a prayer meeting, I should feel like there's a fire in the room. It sounds like a rumbling, like a jet engine. We're calling on the angels from heaven to come down and intercede. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, for our pastors that create a space for us to talk about the full gospel. God, I thank you, Lord. We receive and acknowledge God, our Father, who sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, who was resurrected and gave to us the Holy Spirit who is with us until the end of ages. I receive you, Holy Spirit, and every good gift from heaven above. I choose today to function in the gifts you have given me. That's something you want in your life. Just put your amen. Put your yes and amen to that. Say, Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want all the gifts. And for those of you that already have the gift of the Holy Spirit, be praying in tongues right now. And for those of you who want to just lift your hands as a sign of lift me up, Father. I yield my heart to you, my mind to you. Just utter utterances right now. Try speaking in tongues. Let your mind go. Don't try to say a prayer. This is a bold step of faith. Just try to bypass human voices in your head. Just try to build up the atmosphere and pray in tongues yourself. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those of you who are feeling heavy, burdened, or laden, I'm gonna ask my ministry team to come forward. And I'm just gonna open up the altar. If you feel stuck or had something, you just feel like maybe angst or some anger or some just distress in your mind and you can't get to peace, let my ministry team pray for you. If you're feeling a spirit of heaviness, I want you to come down and get that broken off you right now. Whatever thing you might be going to, maybe it's even a physical thing, come down and say, I'm getting healed tonight. I'm getting my full authority tonight. Church, let's just pray just one more minute. Stir up those gifts one more minute. Let the Holy Spirit move in this house. God, we thank you, Lord. We give you an open heaven. Lord, we thank you right now. Yes, Lord. We pray peace over this house right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill them afresh with joy right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're our friend, that you're ministering to our wounds, to our heart right now. We unlock all the gifts tonight. God, I thank you for the gift of prophecy. Let men and women prophesy over their spouses, prophesy over their kids. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now for healing those that are lost. For those that are confused, let them be healed in their mind right now. Thank you, Lord. Those who feel like you're tormented in your spirit, just receive the Holy Spirit to heal, to bring peace. We cancel that torment right now in the name of Jesus. We break every spirit 
the spirit of death right now, we silence your voice. Condemnation, you have no say in this house. God, we thank you right now. Don't settle. Don't settle, press in. Took me six months to fully operate in the gifts. Full months to fully exercise the gifts. God, we thank you for the church. God, we welcome your Holy Spirit here. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that we celebrate one another. God, we thank you, Lord, that there's a hedge of protection around this city. There's a hedge of protection around our schools. God, I thank you right now for words of knowledge. Lord, that you direct our steps, you go before us. Lord, we will see a thing before a thing happens. We thank you for your favor. We honor you tonight. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.